and a message as we, we think about Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. We can take a look at Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12, where Peter, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, said the following things before the Jerusalem council. He says, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So even Peter, here as he's standing before the the religious leaders of his day, made it very clear that there is only one name given among men from heaven by which we can be saved, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus, Messiah, uh, as we've sung, the promised deliverer. And the reason as we take a look at this and see that Jesus is the only way, because Jesus is the only one who can accomplish what needed to be done in offering himself as that sacrifice so that death would be swallowed up in victory. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 and following. It says, when the perishable puts on the imperishable. So in other words, this frail body puts on the imperishable. And the mortal puts on immortality. Because as you remember, we talk about often that we have eternal souls. That it's not just once and done. We don't just cease to be when we die. We, we have an eternal soul that is going to go to one of two places. One is an everlasting place of torment. The other is going to be at home with God in heaven to those who have trusted the one way. It says, Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us this victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the victory comes from. That's why it's in Christ alone. Because he is the only one who could be victorious over death. And God the Father assured us that this was the case when he raised his son from the dead. He did not just leave him in the grave. He raised him and, and seated him in a place of honor. And so let's go ahead and stand as we sing in Christ alone. Oh, my God. 
So Jesus, the promised deliverer, Jesus, the only way, Jesus, the highly exalted one. Our next song is highly exalted. And the thing is, you may ask the question, well, how is he highly exalted? Because as we take a look at Isaiah chapter 53, verses 7, 8, and 9, which is a chapter in the Old Testament that is quoted more than any other chapter in the New Testament, says in relation to Jesus, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people... And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. You know, as we think about Christ's sacrifice, as we think about crucifixion, and we think about what Christ went through, the agony of being nailed to that cross, but even the agony before that as he took upon himself, as we already mentioned, That sin, because the Father treated Jesus as if he had committed every sin ever committed by every person who would ever believe, though he had committed not even one of them. That was Jesus. And you, and you think about everything that he went through, uh, and, and even in the garden as he says, not my will, but yours be done. 
And here we, we think about Jesus Christ, highly exalted by offering himself as a sacrifice, taking a, a sinner or a guilty man's death in crucifixion. Listen to what Peter's sermon at Pentecost is. Uh, we, we listen to the words in, in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 and following. It says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite, uh, definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the harsh hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. This Jesus delivered up according to the, the uh, definitive plan and foreknowledge of God. So this was no accident. Jesus didn't fall to the hands of sinful men by accident. God the Father gave permission for this to be the case so that he would be oppressed, that he would be afflicted, taking every blow from sinful man, everything that you and I are worthy of because of our sin before a holy God, Jesus took upon himself. And this was God's plan from the beginning because it says the foreknowledge of God. So before the very foundation of what we know is time itself, God had a plan of redemption in place. And that's why there's only one way. Because nothing existed before God said, let there be. He was eternally existent. As you heard, God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So even the grave did not have power over God. It did not have power over God's son because the very almighty power of God raised Jesus from the dead because Jesus is not dead. He is not in a grave. He is not wasted away as some buried skeleton below the the earth. Jesus Christ has been resurrected. He is alive and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And because he was obedient, because he did exactly as the Godhead decided before the beginning of time in the foreknowledge of God, it says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and following, Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. In heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the of God the Father. That's how Jesus Christ is highly exalted. Because when we look at crucifixion, that does not look like that is a highly exalted position. Because he humbled himself to the point of death. But that was all part of God's eternal plan of redemption. It had to happen. And it happened exactly as God ordained it to happen. Nothing changed that. Man did not circumvent, did not change God's plan. Man may think that he can change God's plan and say, well, you know what? There are many ways to God. No, they're not. Because God established the one plan. And every detail that was prophesied hundreds of years prior 
came true to the letter. Nothing was lost. Nothing you can't stand back and say that, oh, well, that didn't happen. No, it did. Exactly as God had had foreordained it to do so. And so that's why we can, with God the Father, highly exalt Jesus Christ, the Messiah, because he was the promised deliverer and he delivered. He is the only way. And so let's stand as we join together and sing highly exalted and sing out as those who have been redeemed by the one to whom we give our all, our glory to God the Father through Jesus Christ, his Son. As we take time to prepare our hearts to join in taking this uh, meal of remembrance together, we always do so by heeding the warning uh, in the scriptures that we first examine ourselves to make sure that we do not take this meal in a manner that is unworthy of the one who has been highly exalted, the one who has given his life so that we may live And so over the next few minutes, as we just bow our heads in silent prayer where you are, uh, I encourage you to spend time adoring 
the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father for his eternal plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. That if there's some sin that you need to confess, this is the time to do so. So that the communion between you and God can be as unhindered as possible so that you do not take this in an unworthy manner. So let's just bow for a few moments of of silent prayer as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper together. Gracious Father, sometimes it's hard to know where to begin, uh, what words to say when it comes to your love for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's hard to wrap this finite mind around the reality that you would do this, that you would love us first, that you would open up our eyes to spiritual things that were darkened and dead uh, to spiritual things because of our rebellion against you, because we have all sinned and fall short of your glory. And we know that the wages of sin is death. And Lord, we do thank you for the sacrifice that your son Jesus Christ made on our behalf. And Lord, is it is difficult to step out of this building, to step out of this place of wonderful worship into a world that is antagonistic towards you. Uh, to see in cities, even this past week, where in rebellion to whatever uh, they're standing for, they would take and set fire to buildings and burn Bibles in front of them. That shows the depravity of man's heart. It shows us a, a prime example of what we used to be, capable of any sort of atrocity. But Lord, you loved us through your son, Jesus Christ, to free us from that bondage, that bondage to sin and that, that slavery that we experience as a result of our rebellion before you. And Lord, as we come today to enjoy this meal together after many months of not being able to, uh, Lord, may this be a very special communion as we uh, prepare our hearts and our minds to take it not only here, but we're doing this in remembrance of your son, Jesus Christ, so we do not forget, but also in preparation for our day when we see you face to face, to realize as we see your son, as we see the the nail-pierced hands and feet, that the reason that we can stand in your presence is because of your son the one you have highly exalted and given a name above all names, that at his name every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to your glory. And we await that day. And in the meantime, we thank you for the salvation that we did not deserve, but we enjoy because of your grace in our lives. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we take communion this morning, it's going to be a little bit different uh, than what you're used to. Um, at this time, uh, uh, Dwayne is going to be taking the uh, coverings off of our elements that we're going to be taking this morning, the bread and the cup. And he's going to dismiss you by uh, sections for you to come up. And um, we would like for you to go ahead and grab a uh, bread and a cup together. Please, once you touch a cup, take that cup. We've spaced them, so hopefully it'll be easy to get them off of the trays. So at this time, wait for Dwayne to dismiss you. And then once we all have our, our elements together, we'll, we'll, we'll share in them together.
it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, Lord, let it rain. Let your love rain down on us, open the floodgates of heaven. Lord, let it rain, love. Let your love rain down on us, open the floodgates of heaven. Feel the rain of your spirit, feel the wind of your love. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear, yes he did. Oh, let this be sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you. Lord, let this be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life. Because I'm a lover of your presence. Let's bow as we have a word of thanks for the bread. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the privilege of taking this meal together. Lord, we thank you for the reminder as we take this cracker that it is a a, a representation of your son's broken body. Uh, And Lord, we, we know that he was beaten, that he was crucified. And Lord, we know that he took all that upon himself uh, so that for everyone who believes, whoever puts their faith and trust in uh, Jesus Christ can experience forgiveness of sins, can experience eternal life through that faith in him and him alone. Uh, and Lord, as we, we take this bread, may we never forget the great price that was paid because Jesus offered his life so that we could live. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's bow once more for the cup. And Lord, too, we are remembered, are reminded from the scriptures that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins, no remission of sins. Uh, And that was your design, your requirement from the very beginning. And we saw that looking forward as all those animals were sacrificed by the high priest, as they were looking forward to the great high priest that would come, Jesus Christ, Messiah, the one who was the promised deliverer, the one who alone salvation comes, the one who is highly exalted and seated at your right hand even now. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, that precious blood that flowed, that as a lamb that was led to, the, uh, to slaughter, Lord, your son Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb of God, offered his life blood. So that through the shedding of that blood, our payment due for the sins that I committed and the sins uh, for everyone who will put their faith and trust in you have committed was made right. Uh, And Lord, we thank you for that cleansing power of the blood. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we've taken a look at Jesus, the promised deliverer, Jesus, the only way, Jesus, the highly exalted one. And we're going to finish this morning by uh, remembering Jesus, the one who resurrects my life. Our final song is going to be Resurrection Power. And something that we as believers need to understand is that this is a very special relationship that we have with God. One that God provided, that it's not generic uh, because Jesus Christ is not generic. And I would like to read out of John chapter 6, starting in verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Verse 37 goes on to say, All that the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. All that the Father gives me will come to me. See, we have established from the word of God that before Christ, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And without the spirit coming in and and starting that work of regenerating and helping us to see spiritual things, which the natural man cannot see. That God opens our eyes to the spiritual truth of our need of a savior and shows us the beautiful sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And whoever comes to me, Jesus says, I will never cast out because Jesus gave his life for them. 
and he will bring them into the, the, the fold. He will bring them home. Because Jesus did not come with a separate plan, a separate agenda. He came to fulfill what God the Father sent him to do. So that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And the neat thing is with this is that I'm not just a generic face either. In the, in the um, book of Isaiah, chapter 43, Isaiah says uh, this. He says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Each and every believer in Jesus Christ is not just an empty face. Because Jesus Christ died for me in particular and died for you in particular. I've called you by name. You are mine. That's how God knows that he has not lost any, that all who come to him, he will never cast out. He will bring them home because that's what he came to do. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and following says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. So each and every believer that is here this morning, each and every believer that is listening online, know this, that the moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and trust him as your Savior, as that that deliverer, that redeemer that was sent, as the only way, the one who is highly exalted has a name above all names, that there is power in what Jesus Christ accomplished. And it was no small feat. This was an eternal, almighty God-acting event that changed history for all of eternity. Because Jesus Christ offered himself so that you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, no longer experience being slaves to sin. But instead, because of Jesus Christ dying and we dying with him, we'll be also resurrected with him. He will resurrect us and take us to be with him. He was the first fruits of that resurrection. So that... Our, our earthly bodies will be united with our, our souls and we will enjoy being in the presence of God forever because there is resurrection power. Power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will be the power that takes us all the way home. No stops. Directly into the presence of God for eternity. And that's something you can sing about and sing loudly and passionately about 
because there is resurrection power. And you cannot sit down and sing this song, so you need to stand as we close out our service this morning singing Resurrection Power. So do you believe you have resurrection power inside of you? Amen. 
That says be something that brings power and passion and joy in your Christian walk. That even though you walk out into a world that is antagonistic towards you, that hates God, that is willing to burn his word, that you can stand in the power of the risen Lord. And that's something that you can take with you everywhere you go, knowing full well that God has you in his hands, that he is not going to cast anyone away, but is going to bring each and every one of you home so that you can enjoy what Jesus Christ offered himself for as that once for all sacrifice, giving us eternal life in his, in Jesus Christ himself. And so that's something that you can grab hold of. That's something that you should live for. And it should define who you are as you walk each and every day in this fallen world. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, God bless you, church family. It was great to share communion with you for the first time in months. uh, And trust that this will uh, project you into a new week.